Today on Your Money, Your Wealth, podcast number 316, the retirement plan spitball analyses continue. Should Randy in Wisconsin let his pension ride, roll it, or annuitize it? Should Kathy take her retirement pension as a lump sum or a monthly payment? The fellas also spitball on soon-to-retires plans involving the 72T tax election, a donor-advised fund, and 529 plans. And they help Jordan in Hesperia decide if he can retire early. Plus, Joe in Aston, PA, wants to know, is growth on after-tax 401 401k contributions tax-free? And what percentage of the portfolio should be in tax-free, taxable, and tax-deferred accounts? Finally, how does income from tax-deferred accounts impact Medicare premiums? Steve would like to know. Click Ask Joe and Al on air at yourmoneyyourwealth.com to get a spitball analysis of your retirement plans. I'm producer Andy Last, and here are the hosts of Your Money, Your Wealth, Joe Anderson, CFP, and Big Al Clopine, CPA. We have Randy. He writes in, Alan. Hello, YMYW team. I live in Wisconsin. Drive a 2018 Chevy Colorado 4x4 pickup truck. Yeah, you got to have a pickup truck in Wisconsin. You know, I think that's the perfect vehicle for Wisconsin. Yeah, yeah. I, I think so. Take your dogs in the back and any, <laughs> anything else that you want to... Kegerator, something like that. <laughs> Kegerator. Okay, well, I suppose. He's got a six-year-old Beagle mix, Cooper, uh, who is also a Packers fan. How do you know Cooper? <laughs> Cooper's Packers. a Packers fan? Well, I guess I he, mean that just he, he, shows you the intelligence of Packer fans. <laughs> They're Beagles. <laughs> the Beagles are all rooting for the Packers. Yeah, you know, since I am from Minnesota, I can see that. You understand it? I, I do. Okay. All right. Um, is it hot? Is it's pretty hot. <laughs> She's a hot box today. It all is. Right. Yeah, she's got the heat up. Okay. For us. Uh, my wife and I <laughs> just keep us uh, limber here. Yeah, right. Uh, my wife and I have a globally diversified, age-appropriate portfolio of Vanguard index funds and bond funds totaling one point three million dollars. At this time, only thirty thousand is in a Roth, with the remainder one point two seven in pre-tax money. We will convert some of that pre-tax money once my wife goes part-time. We have one year worth of expenses in savings. Since I've recently turned 55, I can roll over my 77000 cash balance pension plan at a previous employer, which is currently guaranteeing a 3.79% interest rate. My wife is 58 and will go part-time till 62. We probably won't draw on our retirement assets until I retire in 10 years at 65 and possibly defer our Social Security until 70. Our home will be paid out before I retire. Sounds like Randy's pretty dialed in here. I think he doesn't really need our help, does he? I don't think so. Uh, My option for the 77,000 cash balance pension plans are do nothing and let it ride at 3.79% for up to the next 10 years, roll it over to my current IRA, or annuitize it now or in the next 10 years. All right. So he's got some options. Sure. So he's got a cash balance pension plan that the previous employer gave him. And usually with those plans, you, you could take the lump sum, uh, roll it into the IRA that he suggested, um, or he can take a lifetime income stream from it. Sure. And that's what annuitize means. Right. Which is the same as any retirement plan. An annuitize is like you receive monthly payments generally for the rest of your life. Right. You, you can have $100,000 lump sum, or we'll give you $2,000 a year for the rest of your life. Yeah, whatever it is. Yep. All right. 3.7. Um, I'll continue. Okay. 3.79% is a very good guaranteed return. I know over the long run, I'll earn more in the stock market. The math tells me to roll it over. Am I nuts for wanting to take it out of the plan with that guaranteed return? 
what do I need to consider if I leave it in the cash balance pension plan? The previous employer is a strong financial company. Um, I'd love to hear your spitball, back of the napkin conversation on this. Your loyal follower, Randy. Okay. One thing um, Randy didn't give us, Alan. What, what, what is the annuitization? Yeah. Well, because we- he's got two guarantees here, right? He's going to get a 3.79% roll-up on the overall pension that he's receiving so he could continue to keep it in the plan. He could roll it out into an IRA. Then he has no guarantees for the income later, right? right. right? So he'll have to create the income on his own. Or he keeps it in the plan for the next 10 years at close to 4% guarantee and then annuitize it. Right. But what I I don't know what the annuitization is. What's the income factor? Yeah, right. So that (laughs) correct. So that would help us answer this question. If we knew what the income was now, if you annuitize it now versus 10 years from now, uh, we know what the lump sum is and we know what the rate of return is. So at least we've got part of the, the equation. Right. The biggest. So based, based upon what we know, though, what would you, what's your spitball analysis? Well, it's, it's $77,000 out of 1.3 million. Yeah. I guess it's not that big a deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah. I like, I would keep it in the plan and I would use that as a bond option. Yeah. Because bonds are playing almost nothing. Um, so it, what is that? 77,000 into one, three. Um, so what? Yeah. 5%, yeah. 6%. Yeah. You couldn't do that in your head. It's early out in this, <laughs> this studio. is like 200 degrees. It's too, too hot to think. <laughs> and I'm telling you, I'm well, not, I'm not good at math. It's uh, it's under 7%. It's probably about five. It's Because if you take 70,000 to 1 million, that's thank, seven. Thank just, you. just to give you a little frame of reference. Got it. So I, I agree with you, Joe. I, I think uh, three, Bonds are not paying very much right now. Right. And to get a guarantee of 3.79, that's that's pretty good. Yep. So I think I would use this uh, this cash balance plan as part of my bond. Like, let's say, for example, I wanted 70% stocks and 30% bonds. Well, this would be part of the bonds. Yep. Right. And to make up the rest of the 30%, I would go into the rest of the portfolio. Absolutely. Yeah. And then and then in uh, there's no reason to create income right now, uh, Jan, you don't really need it. But in 10 years from now, or whenever you retire, it's like, okay, well, let's look at the options and make the best plan at that point based upon what the income stream is. Right. Because the, the second phase of this, Randy's going to have to make another decision in 10 years to say, do I annuitize it in 10 years? Yeah. So, okay. Then you look at, um, oh, let's see if you can do this in your head, Alan. <laughs> What the what the payment monthly payment will be? Um, well, the seventy seven thousand will probably it's gonna be going to grow a, to one hundred ten. Yeah, say a hundred. Okay, one hundred ten is what you get. Right. Okay. So he's going to have one hundred ten thousand dollars in that cash balance plan in ten years. So then you have to figure out. All right. Well, what is the annuitization rate? What are they going to give you it, from a, a pension? Probably be five or six thousand a year. When you, if you had to guess. Yeah, maybe Some, it, something like that. Yeah, maybe a little bit more than that because because yeah, you're getting return of capital. You got it. Yeah. So then you could. Add that on top of your social security. And then that, you know, um, little beer money, you know, walking around <laughs> money, something like that. The more guarantees that you have in retirement, yeah. um, d- depending on what the, the guaranteed rate they're willing to give you um, is the key. So um, some things to, to, to ponder on Randy. Um, hopefully you like that little spitball. Um, and thanks for being a loyal follower, a follower. Yeah, they're following us. I, I, apparently. 
kind of freaks me out. Do you ever have to look over your shoulder? I, you I, I will now. Big Randy in his pickup truck with his beagle dog right. for the Packers. Right. Gonna Chasing be like, you. Hey. Oh. All right. Kathy writes in, Joe, Big Al, been listening to your show for a year or so now. Love it. Love you, Kathy. I'm 53 and single. I have a financial question for both of you. When I looked in my shoebox the other day, I found a pension account from previous employer worth $53,000. I could take a lump sum or alternatively, I could take a single life annuity starting now for 200 bucks a month. If I don't do anything with it, um, it's been growing uh, interest, for example, 1.1% for the year 2021. So she's got a pension. She found it in the old shoebox. Yeah, I'd, I'd say keep digging. What else are you going to find? What else you got? There, right? Right. Maybe some gold coins or something. All right. 53. She takes it now. She could either take a lump sum, 53000 roll that into an IRA, or she could uh, take 200 bucks a month. Yeah. If she doesn't do anything with it like it has been. It grows um, at a very low interest rate. 1.1% is what she's thinking. I don't need this money now, but I may need to secure some basic income needs in the future. I like the idea I have an annuity to secure basic income needs. However, I'm not sure if this is a good idea. I calculated the monthly payment against the lump sum, which comes out to around 4.7% now. If I wait until 65 to take the annuity, it comes out to 6.2%. Since annuity gives me a lifetime income, I compare it with the 4% withdrawal rule and it looks better. Well, yeah, the 4% burn rate is ideally you don't touch the principal in the annuity. You're touching principal in interest. Yeah, that's, that, that is a difference. The 4% rule basically allows your, your lump sum or principal to grow. That's the whole idea. So in other words, the payment is higher each year because it's 4% of a higher number. So you have 100000 you're taking $4,000 out. Right. And you're anticipating, let's say, the market seven out of 10 years goes up. Yeah. So let's say it grows at 6% on average. Right. You're taking four, the 2% combats inflation and taxes. Yeah, yeah. So, so at yeah, the end every, of the day, you still have the 100,000 bucks. And, and plus every year you get a raise, right? Or you could get a demotion if the you, market you goes could. down. You could in, in certain years, you bet. Yep. However, I'm still not sure about this since the balance earns a very low interest that is tied to some bond. It seems losing money considering what the market's done. If I leave this account they're untouched until 65. What are your thoughts about this money? Should I take the lump sum and invest it in an IRA or take the monthly payment or leave it there? Appreciate and love the show. Um, okay, what do you think? Do you want to take the lump sum or do you want – is there a follow-up email here? Or what is this? Yes. Yeah, that's from Kathy as well. Should I read the follow-up email? Yeah, she's got different options, it looks like. Oh, great. Hi. Forgot to detail the options that I could think about. Leave it there untouched. Okay, you've already said that. Let it grow to earn the low interest rate. Wait till retirement to take the single life annuity. Take the lump sum of 53000 now and invest it in a target date fund. Defer tax by rolling into an IRA. For this option, do I lose the access to the money before 59 and a half penalty free? Take the money of $200 a month and invest it in a target date fund in a taxable account. Which one would you do? Any other suggestions you might have? Thank you. All right. So. Got three choices. She waits until retirement. And so instead of taking the $208 at retirement, it's 
something a lot higher than that. I don't know what that number is. Well, let's, I don't know if she's doing it on the um, 53,000. Let's assume she is 53,000, 6.2% divided by 12 months. That'd be $273 per month, roughly, maybe. So she could take 208 now or 273 at 65. I think so. That's what I'm guessing. 53,000 now or $57,000 in the future. Yeah. Something like that. If it's growing at 1.1%, it's it's tied to some bond index. Right. Okay. We don't know what that is. So what would you do if you, if you were Kathy? How old is she? 53. And she could get 208 right now? Yep. Okay. 53. Uh, do you think Kathy uh, has longevity? Um, Let's assume she well, does. I'm, I'm, yeah, I would say so. Sure. Okay. She's single. She doesn't have a man in her life, so she's probably got longevity. She probably would have told us otherwise because she's liking the annuity. If you have longevity, then the annuity, like probably the annuity. will probably yeah. will work out for you. Right. So let's say you take the annuity now at two hundred eight, and let's say she lives until age ninety five, yeah. um, which is what forty years from now. Yeah, call it forty ninety three. Okay, I'll just go forty years, and she's doing that a month, and she gets six percent. Uh, future value of that um, is $414,000, right? She's single. She, I don't know if she's got kids if she want to pass it, but she wants to spend the money. So she's not going to invest it. She's going to invest in a target date fund until she retires at age yeah. 65, you think? But, or if she just takes the lump sum at 6% for 40 years. Let's see what she ends up with. And she just want to know if she can access the money before 59 and a half penalty free if she no. takes the lump sum. She, she cannot. It's an IRA. Yeah, five hundred forty-five thousand. If she takes the lump sum, that's six percent. Okay, um, so she takes a lump sum and then she grows it at six percent until ninety-three. It's five hundred forty thousand versus the two hundred eight. Yeah. In other words, or or she takes the two hundred eight and invests each of those payments. And, and the reason why, or you could reverse that and take the present value of that. The lump sum could. is going to be worth more. You could. So I could take two hundred eight to each ninety-three and take the present value of that of some discount rate. Yeah, and the, re the reason why we're, we're ending up with the lump sum being better is we're using 6%. Now, if you're going to put it in a CD and earn less than 0.1%, then you're better off taking the annuity. Yep. So me personally, I, I would take the lump sum because I think that over the long term that I could probably earn 6%, which would work out to be a better deal. That's me personally. Uh, Kathy, it depends upon your ability to invest and your ability to weather ups and downs in the market and all that sort of thing. Right. But if you like the, the idea of um, of a fixed income stream, you know, yeah. then that trumps it all. It, it does. Because then you're looking at, okay, well, what's what's my internal rate of return on the 208000 over, you know, because there's uh, variables that you don't know. What's your life expectancy? Right. You take the annuity payment and all of a sudden you get hit by a bus in a couple of years, Right. Well, you're single, so you're going to take the single life, and so now it's gone. If you take the 53000 you can at least pass it on. Um, but if it's only growing at that rate, usually the lump sum in the annuity payments is almost identical from an internal rate of return standpoint. Right. So what we would look at is, all right, well, what's, what's your other fixed income options? Um, or uh, available fixed income sources. Do you have other pensions? Do you have, you know, what's your social security benefit? What is your other retirement accounts, non-retirement accounts? What's your lifestyle? Things like that um, to really dial it in. But if you want the fixed income and you like, you know, some beer money and a little travel money or whatever, by all means, just make it simple. Just get the 200 bucks a month and call it good. 
But then you get the 53. Now you got a target date fund. I don't know. You take some money out of there. The break even on that without any growth is 21 years. So you put, you know, I just put 2,500 into 53,000 is what, 21, 22 yeah, years? That's true. Um, so if you don't grow the money at all, so you're 55, so that's 75. Another factor here is what what's your mentality on if you have fifty three thousand dollars? I mean, I know it's in an IRA and it would be you'd have to pay a penalty, but if you're the kind of person that at fifty nine and a half you're you're liable to pull it out and spend it, then you might be better to take the annuity, you know, protect yourself, right? <laughs> if you're the kind of person that's like, well, I don't really need it because I got Social Security or I have I have whatever. Then and I can just let this grow. Then I I kind of like the lump sum, and but that's uh, but yeah I, I agree, Joe. It's kind of a personal thing, and it's not we're not talking about a lot of dollars, so it's it's a little bit more personal for what Kathy would like to do. Yep. So here's the um, here's the internal rate of return. Okay. So if I got two hundred eight times twelve, twenty five hundred bucks, right? And let's say forty two years. Okay. Discount rate. Inflation, call it what three? Yeah. Okay. Present value is fifty nine thousand, versus the lump sum of fifty three thousand. Right. It's almost identical. It's, yeah, and as you said, it usually works out that way. Right. So whatever preference you want. Read the episode transcript, watch Joe and Big Al discuss the pension lump sum versus annuity question, and listen to a previous YMYW discussion on the pension topic by clicking the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app to go to the show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. If you want the fellas to spitball about your pension options or any other money questions you may have, click Ask Joe and Al on air in the podcast show notes and send them your situation. And hey, if you haven't told anyone about YMYW yet, what are you you waiting for. I also want to welcome all of the new listeners that have been emailing and telling us that they've just discovered Your Money, Your Wealth on YouTube or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or Spotify, among others. We are glad that you found us. Welcome. We have an email. Team, I love your show. I'm 52, planning to retire in 13 months at 53 and a half. My wife and I have a net worth of $2.2 million with 275 of that being our paid off home. We have no debt and drive a Toyota in a Ford pickup truck. We've worked hard, live below our means, and are looking forward to traveling and enjoying our grandchildren in a relatively low cost area. The rest of our assets are broken down as follows. 1.7 million retirement accounts, $100,000 in a high yield savings account, $85,000 in a brokerage account, and $50,000 in a real estate syndicate deal. What do you think about a real estate syndicate deal, Al? What does that even mean? Uh, it's a, it's like a real estate investment. It, it can be good. It's It depends upon the underlying real estate. It may be great. It may not be. You, you, I can't. I don't know from looking at this. It's got 85000 in that dividend-paying stocks. Yeah. Average 6%. Not bad. Oh, yeah. Rest in growth stocks like Tesla. Yeah. Yeah, that is a gross stock. <laughs> Did you say growth or gross? Oh, gross. It's, it's definitely growth. Yeah, it's it uh it shoots up in value sometimes when we don't even know why. Our goal is to build our current non-retirement assets to $245,000 currently to 300 to 350 before leaving my job. 
So he's got 100,000 in cash, right? 85,000 in after-tax brokerage. So that's close to 200,000. I don't know where he's getting. Oh, and the, the syndicate, real estate syndicate. The syndicate. Yeah. It's part of the syndicate. It's part of the syndicate. Yeah. Forgot. All right. So, so by, by the way, I would not count that as your non-qual. That's a that's an illiquid investment. <laughs> that thing is tied up forever. <laughs> hey, do you think I could get out of the syndicate? Uh, no, probably not. Um, come back next year. Uh, we also have uh, added seventy five thousand dollars to our retirement accounts during this time. All right. Okay. So hold on. Let me restart this. Our goal is to build our current non-retirement assets to $245,000 currently to $300,000 or $350,000 before leaving my job. We will also be adding $700 or $75,000 to our retirement accounts. So he'll have a couple million dollars. Let's just call it that. I've also received a small pension from my military, $15,000 per year, along with free health care. My wife works with the school system and will be able to maintain her low-cost health care. Uh, when she leaves her job, likely in a year or so after I do, we have proven that we can easily enjoy a lifestyle of $75,000 per year, having tracked every dollar of our expenses for the past five years. I can't even say that. <laughs> I track a week. Oh, my God. I can't even track what the hell I spent today. <laughs> I've tracked every dollar, every penny. Right. For five years, Alan. He's been anticipating this retirement. He wants to get his expenses right, which I I admire that. The plan is to move $150, uh, $1.5 million into an IRA upon leaving my current job next year, placing $600,000 into a bond fund and the remaining $900,000 into a stock market index fund within the IRA. We will draw $60,000 per year. That's a 4% distribution rate using a 72T tax election. To avoid the early withdrawal penalty from the bond fund and replace that money on good market years from the index funds. So he's doing a little 72T. That is. All right. During severe and extended year market downturns, we will use our non-retirement accounts to live off of. I would also like to set up a donor advised fund of about $40,000 from our brokerage accounts to for on the first year of retirement to fund our grandchildren's 529 plans uh, we created. Make church and other charitable donations and fund a small nonprofit I've started. The remainder of money from our 401k IRA and 403b will be rolled into the new IRAs that will do Roth conversions from uh, to set up legacy accounts to eventually pass to our adult children and grandchildren. Again, love your show and would love to hear your thoughts on my plan. Soon to retire. Okay. So that's that's the plan. That's the plan for soon to retire. So do we um do we like it? Do we have an idea? Uh I I don't think it's gonna work. <laughs> Why do you say that? A couple of things. Well, there's a couple of mistakes in here. Sure. Uh, well, first of all, he's gonna do a, a 72T tax election at 53 and a half on his retirement accounts of $1.5 million. Right. So he's planning on taking a 4% distribution of $60,000. So he believes that he can do a 72T tax election that will give him 4% That's going to be 53. It's going to be a lot lower than that. It is going to be half that. Yeah, yeah. I don't have a, a, the, a calculator in front of me to, to tell him because there's three ways to do a 72T tax election or SEPP, it's also called, a separate 
equal periodic payment. And what the IRS allows individuals to do is to take money from a retirement account, an IRA specifically, uh, under the age of 59 and a half, and it avoids the 10% penalty. Yeah, does not avoid income tax, but avoids the penalty. And so there's a few ways that they can do it. And, and it's th- not any amount you want. It's, it's a, a calculation. It's a calculation that the IRS has figured. It's like an, a, an RMB. It's a required yeah. minimum. It's not like, you know what, this year I want to take out yeah. 2%. Yeah. Because I don't need the full 5%. <laughs> no, they're going to they're gonna penalize you and tax you on the additional dollars I, that you have. I think that's a good way to say it. It's like a required minimum distribution. So it's a specific amount that has to come out each year. And there is the RMB method. Um, so you calculate it at age 53. I'm guessing at age 53, it's going to be somewhere close to 2%, yeah. not 4%. Yeah, I'd say two, two and a half, maybe. Uh, somewhere. In, yeah, probably two. Right. And there's an amortization method. Um, and I forget the third off the top of my head. Um, as you all know, we don't prepare for these, uh, <laughs> for these shows. So, but, but you have to take the same amount of money out of the account until you turn 59 and a half or five years, whichever is longer. Longer, correct. So that's the basis of it. So he's like, all right, well, I, I'm going to take 4% out of my retirement accounts because I know about the 4% rule. So I can take $60,000 out of the retirement accounts. I'll use a 72T tax election. I'll pay tax on the 60 grand and not necessarily pay any, ten, you know, pay any penalties. Right. So that's flawed. He's got to run a calculation. Um, and then he's going to come up with the other $15,000 from cash or his non-qual. No, that's the uh, military pension. Oh, the military pension. Okay. Yeah. We'll give them the 15,000. So there, there's the 75. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So there's uh, Andy might be able to even just look it up, just do a 72 T tax election calculator and put in $1.5 million at age 53 and see what, see pops what happens. Up. Then he's going to do a donor advised fund. Right. And he's going to fund a 529 plan with a donor advice fund. Uh, no, he isn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, yeah, can't do it. So a donor advice fund, Al, is charity. Yeah. A 529 plan, even though he thinks it it's fe- charity. It feels like charity to your grandkids. <laughs> that's good for nothing parents. They can't even fund the college. So I got to pull out my own charity to pay for that. <laughs> no, that doesn't. That's a, that's a, that's a it's family. A it's a gift. It's a gift. Yeah. It's so not a charitable gift. I like the 529 plans, but that's not from a donor advice fund. And by the way, so a donor advice fund, you take $40,000, you put it into this fund. The year that you put it in the fund is the year you get a tax deduction. So do that while you're working, right? So that, that makes some sense. But realize that those dollars, whether in that year or future years, it doesn't matter when they go uh, out, they need to go to charity, you need to go to a charity, a 501c3 charity. Right. And so what do you think about his little family foundation, which is very charitable, which is very nice that he's setting up a little family foundation. He might want to give to, you know, some, yeah, some cause, but I don't think the donor advice fund really likes uh, monies to go to your 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 own own foundation. foundation. Yeah. There may be some limitations there too. Tell me again, what numbers you want for the 72 T. Yeah, there you go. 5 million, 5 million. And he's 53 years old. He's 53. Yep. Beneficiary age. I don't know. So it's showing your maximum 72 T distribution is 69,540 per year. That's at an interest rate of 2.36. And if the beneficiary is 45 years old. Uh, I would have to recalculate that. Well, maybe, maybe it seems high. high. Yeah. That seems, that does seem high. 
high. But, yeah, because I always think of it more like an RMD, like yeah. you said. Well, maybe he's done the calculation. Maybe. maybe. So Any, anyway, so the 529 plan, that needs to be funded. That can be funded with your non-qualified account, but not through a donor advice fund. Donor advice funds only for charity. Correct. So, um, and, and plus, I think, you know what, I think a, here's a better idea. Why don't you, um, you know, if you're only making 15,000 a year and with the standard deduction, your, your taxable income is minus 10,000. Why not do a $90,000 Roth conversion for a few years? And, uh, and then, you know, you pay the tax out of your non-qualified account. It won't be that much. And you, and the $60,000 you need, just pull that out of your non-qualified accounts. You could probably do that based upon right. what he said, you know, maybe about three years before they kind of, I mean, I, I think you want to leave hundred thousand just for emergency. You don't want to go through all your non-qualified to do that. Here's really, really simple, 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 easy, easy. Um, Soon to retire, this is what you do. You put all of your money. He's, he's cranking 75000 him and the wife are cranking $75,000 per year into the retirement accounts. And he's also trying to get his non-qual up to about $300,000. Right. So move all of your retirement accounts, the $1.7 million that you have in retirement accounts, put that into your 401k plan. Because you're retiring at 53 and a half. There is no 10% penalty if you... Oh, he's got to retire at 55. 55. That doesn't work. So he needs to work another year and a half. Yeah. See, that could be if, if you can hang on. If you can hang on a year and a half. Because then, then you can pull it out without penalty and you can take out any amount you want. Right. And then the, the 72T kind of gets a little funny because if the market blows up. Right. On you, you still have to take that. That's that, that, that percentage the, based upon the balance. Correct. Right? Yeah. Even if you don't need it, maybe you go back to work or whatever. Um. I hate the 72T tax election. I like talking about it, but I don't necessarily like it in practice. Well, it's very inflexible. It's super inflexible. I think there's one year back in 2000 when the NASDAQ blew up, right? The dot-com bust is that they came out with another uh, way. Okay, well, we'll let you calculate it one more time because everyone lost their shorts in the dot-com world. They won, the, you know, they won a lot, or they won. They, they well, basically, <laughs> they it was kind lottery. of like a lottery. Exactly. These dot-com <laughs> stocks, I mean, went through the, a ceiling. And so it's like, all right, well, here, I'm going to retire. And then they did a 72T tax election. And then the, the dot coms are blown up. And now they still have to take a certain percentage out. It's like, okay, well, I'm just draining my overall retirement account at a very young age. So I like where he's at. He's, he's probably on, I would just want to fine tune it just a little bit. I think he's got plenty of assets. If he can live off $75,000 a year, the money Makes sense. I mean, the, the yeah. numbers make sense. I, I agree with that. I would just double check the 72T tax election just to absolutely make sure that you know what you're doing there and just understand gifting. And when you get into charity, I know it's not a lot of money. It's like $40,000 out of his two, $2 million where he's getting to. Um, you just got to be careful of what you're naming things. Go to the 529 plan and you would have to do a donor advised fund. Those are two separate things. So a uh, great question. Soon to retire. You're on your way. Thank you very much for the question. Good job. Jordan from Hesperia. Uh, where's that? California. I understand it's in California. <laughs> it's next to Victorville. It's uh, it's in the high desert above um, San Bernardino, Palm Springs. Okay. Joe, Allen, Andy, just found your podcast last week and I've been binge listening since with our Boston Terrier, Brixen. Uh, I'm 29. My wife's 37. I'm a foreman. For a grading in um, excavating, excavating. Thank you, excavating company. Grading and ex, ex, excavating. Excavating. Yeah. No. They move dirt uh, around. Yes. Gravel, right? Yep. Maybe. Or dirt. Okay. 
We are currently debt free, including our home worth three hundred fifty thousand dollars. We drive a twenty seventeen Toyota Tacoma and a twenty fourteen Subaru Impreza. I right? <laughs> yeah, I think that's right. Pretty close. I think we had another listener that drives a Subaru Impreza. I make one hundred twenty thousand dollars a year. My wife stays at home with their three year old. All right, Jordan. Good for you. We have $110,000 in retirement accounts, $50,000 in a 401k from my wife's former employer, $30,000 in my work 401k, $30,000 in my Roth. Just started a Roth for my wife. My work just started offering the Roth 401k. Should I start contributing to that and roll both of our normal 401ks into Roth IRAs? Should I roll over just enough to keep me in the 22% tax bracket in the rest of the following year? Or do this slowly over time. Isn't that slowly over time, Al? Yeah. Okay. Our next goal was to build up a bridge account for early retirement and start saving for a few rentals. Any retirement suggestions for someone my age? Thanks for your time. Let's have some Coors Lattes or six soon. <laughs> Jordan's my kind of guy. So, um, yes. Okay, Jordan, let's, let's talk about this. He's got... $110,000 of income, and he's fully funding his 401k plan? Does it sound does something like that? Is that right? Um, I don't think he says. They have 110k in retirement accounts. Contributing. I don't know if it's fully. Let's just say he's maxing it out. Okay. So that's, I'm going to round, 20000 bucks. Okay. So that's 100000 He's got a standard deduction of twenty five thousand, so that makes his taxable income seventy five thousand. Yep. So I, here's what I would do, Jordan. I would fully fund the four hundred one k because you have one hundred ten thousand dollars in that four hundred one k. I would continue to fully fund the four hundred one k plan to get my taxable income to seventy five thousand bucks, and then you have thirty thousand or fifty thousand in your wife's old former employer. You could do five thousand dollar conversions in the twelve percent tax bracket. And you could do that over time, or you could go to the top of the 22% tax bracket and bust it all, all at once. Um, either way is fine, because uh, I know that tax rates are probably going to go up, uh, but I don't think conversions are a big deal for him, even though, because he's young. I would stop putting money into the 401k plan if you're not going to do conversions and just do pure Roth, one of the two. Yeah. If you want to make it a little bit more complicated, you could fully fund your 401k plan, convert all your wives out. She would have compounding because she's older. Yes. Right? She's going to get the RMDs sooner, yeah. all that um, type of stuff. If they want to bridge the gap, maybe he wants to retire early. They're going to have access to that money. You know, it's still FIFO tax treatment. So all Roth money is still available. Um, so, yeah, you could start maneuvering these dollars around to get most of it into Roth over a few short years. Then it's compounding tax free to you. And then with the additional dollars that you have, start building a real estate portfolio. I, I, I like that idea too. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you. I, I agree. So Jordan, you're at age 29. So presumably your income will go up even more. You're in a low tax bracket now relative to maybe the future. Number one. Number two is tax brackets are lower than they're going to be, right? The top of the 22% bracket uh, is uh, 160, 160 170, I guess about 170 for a married couple. So in other words, what we're saying is you have a lot of room to convert whatever you want to convert, right? And so I, I might just bite the bullet and, and do a bunch of it. 
on a go forward basis, I would be doing the Roth side of the 401k because the deduction isn't as important to you. But uh, yeah, can you imagine getting having, you know, ultimately a couple hundred thousand dollars in, in, a, in a Roth 401k while you're 29, what that's going to be? And then you keep adding to it. That, that's that's phenomenal. Yeah, I would do the math, Jordan. You have one hundred ten thousand dollars in retirement accounts. If you bite the bullet, that will bite you in the ass. Well, when I say bite the bullet, I mean over two years. I would. You could even do it longer. The the, the but who knows what's going to happen in tax rates, right? Yeah, I know. So I would look at it like this. Maybe you you, you do a little bit this year. But you do ten, fifteen thousand dollars. So the the tax bite isn't that bad. Next year you do a little, and then as soon as because twenty twenty five is when the tax rates are supposed to expire, where they're going to go back and increase on you. So instead of the twenty two percent bracket, you're going to be in the twenty five percent tax bracket given current tax law today. Um, I we, we don't know what the new administration is going to, you know, what rates are going to happen there. Uh, but given current tax rates, maybe you do ten, fifteen thousand dollars. You you have five years or four years now, um, so maybe you do twenty thousand dollars, twenty five thousand, twenty thousand dollars, or something like that. Um, you don't have to get it all out, but if you do twenty five, thirty thousand, you get it all out, um, and then that tax bite would be maybe a little bit more manageable that you would have to come out of pocket to pay the tax um, each April even though it's the same rate. Yeah, and, and I guess the other factor r- related to that is you don't really mention how much you have in savings to pay the tax, so that's that's a factor here. And I think another factor is you mentioned that your wife is home with your three-year-old, and I'm assuming maybe eventually she'll go back to work and your income will be even higher. So now is definitely the time to be thinking about this, whether you want to do it more quickly or more slowly over time. The, the idea is to get money into the Roth because you're young and it's going to grow tax-free. Yep. Um, yeah, I agree wholeheartedly there. Okay, buddy. Um, I look forward to seeing you with some Coors cooler, latte. yeah, with the cooler of Coors lattes. Yes. Crack open one of those Coors lattes now because Joey and Big Al are in season seven of the Your Money, Your Wealth TV show. Can you believe it? Check out the latest episode on avoiding costly tax filing mistakes and download the 2021 tax planning guide from the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com. Preferably, you want to do this before you dig through that shoebox of receipts and pensions, apparently, to file your taxes for 2020. You know, tax day is April 15th, so time is of the essence. Watch the show and download the guide by clicking the link in the description of today's episode in your podcast app. We got Joe writes in from Aston, PA. Suburb of Philadelphia. Of course. You didn't know that. (laughs) I have some after-tax money in a 401k from 25, 30 years ago. You missed the beginning part. I have some after-tax money. Above his name. Hi, Andy. Big Al and and Backdoor Joe. (laughs) I thought that was a totally different question. No, this is actually how he formatted his email. He did his intro first, and then he said his name and his suburb. Okay, let me, I'm sorry. Go back. I thought that was just maybe like a, a little, like a just a quick question there. Yeah. Hi, Andy, Big Al, and Backdoor Joe. Good boy. Don't call me that at the, <laughs> the local. Uh, long time, first time, I drive a 2009 Honda CRV and have a dog, Yorkie Poo. Joe, type of dog, not the name. That's not the name of it. Just, no. just so you know. I do get confused. On yeah. that. I just did get confused earlier. With right. the Kava Poo and yeah. yeah. This one's a Yorkie Poo. 
Nut, nutmeg. I thought nutmeg was a dog. Right. Like uh, a type of dog, yeah. not the name of the dog. Right. Turns out it was the name. Yep. Yorkie poo. All right. Okay. So back to Joe's question. All right. So what Well, what the hell is the name of the Yorkie poo? We didn't <laughs> we don't know. He didn't say that because he didn't want to confuse you. Got it. Well, now I'm just annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna be, not going to be able to fall asleep today. I wonder what he named his Yorkie poo. I don't know. I'm going to track him down. I'll ask Andy with her Google Earth. Um, I have some after-tax money in a 401k from 25 to 30 years ago. At the time, the 401k plan offered the option of pre-tax and uh, post-tax contributions. And not fully understanding the benefits of either, I then placed money into both. Is the growth of the money tax-free like it would be in a Roth 401k in the after-tax dollars? My statement lists the contribution plus growth as after-tax money, but I'm thinking that only the contributions would be tax-free. Uh, second question. You, you want to answer that? One? Yeah, he's right. That's correct. Yeah. It, and that's, and that's the difference between putting into the Roth side of your 401k where the growth would be tax-free or put it the after tax in, then it's only the contributions are tax-free. Second question. Could you give us a hypothetical target for the percentage of assets you would like to see to have in one's brokerage account? Roth IRA and or 401k and pre-tax 401k. Your podcast is awesome. And I look forward to many more years of financial info and laughs. Sorry for not asking Roth conversion questions. Stay healthy and safe. Thanks, Joe. Um, can you give a hypothetical target, Alan? Well, we, we interviewed a, a person to work for us one time and we asked a simple question. We gave him a case. How much should you convert? And we got a very succinct answer. Yeah. 50%. <laughs> he said, how'd you get that? He didn't have an answer. Sounds like a good number. Seems like about right. Uh, it's impossible. There's no hypothetical target. It's not like um, a 60-40 split of stocks and bonds. It's, it's not like you're looking for a target rate of return. It has to do with how much money that you're spending. How much other fixed income that you have, well, like your social security benefits or your pensions or real estate income. Um, so then that helps devise the strategy to determine how much that you should have in the three pools. Yeah. And it, and it's, it's based upon uh, what your income needs are, what your tax brackets are. Like, for example, if you're going to be in a very low tax bracket in the future and you're in a high tax tax bracket now because you're working, then probably don't do a Roth conversion at that point. Maybe you do it later, but if you retire at age 72 and already have your required minimum distributions, you might be in a high bracket. There's so many variables there. Yeah, I totally agree. There's not a, there's not a formula here, like a third, a third, a third. It would I, be nice. I mean, I mean if, if I could, if have I could a do magic a wand. magic wand, I do hundred percent Roth, but let's do a realistic magic wand, a third, a third, a third, but, it, but to get there, may be completely the wrong answer for you, depending upon your circumstances. Correct. Uh, yep. I, I think that would be a good, very hypothetical target because usually what we see is 90%, 10%, 10%. Yeah. Or even nothing in the Roth. Right. 90% pre-tax. You got some cash reserves, yep. maybe a couple bucks in the Roth. Right. Um, so we're trying, we've been trying to educate over the last several years to talk more about Roth. So people start thinking about it. And I think we've done our job because now we get Roth conversion back door, front door, side door, right? Uh, Roth questions every second of my life. Now I hate the Roth. 
Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, Steve writes in, Alan. Yes. How does income from tax deferred accounts impact Medicare premiums? Okay. Well, <laughs> tax deferred accounts is ordinary income. Correct. So Medicare premiums are based on how much ordinary income you have. Correct. So this is for, what is this? This is for 2021 and it's based upon your income in 2019. Mm -hmm. So these are the current rates, right? Which is if you're single and you make um, income wise 88,000 or less, you're in the lowest Medicare cost. Doesn't get any lower than, than that. If you're married and make less than 176,000, you're in the lowest Medicare cost, which happens to be for this year, $148.50 for Part B premium, and there's no cost for Part D income adjustment. So that's the lowest. Now, if you, if you have lots of income from a deferred account because you've saved millions, then you might pop up into higher categories, but you just have to have to look at what your income is, look at the chart to figure out how much your, your Medicare premium is gonna be, and there's a two-year look back. So what you're making this year will affect your medical premiums, Medicare premiums in 2023. Stick around for the derails at the end of the episode for the update on Joe's back and his place in the desert. Your Money, Your Wealth is presented by Pure Financial Advisors. Click the Get an Assessment button in the podcast show notes at yourmoneyyourwealth.com or call 888-994-6257 to schedule your free financial assessment video call. It does not matter where you are in this great country and chances are one of the certified financial planners at Pure will be able to identify strategies that can help you create a more successful retirement. Pure Financial Advisors is a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full and informed investment decision. Hesperia. Uh, where's that? California. I understand it's in California. <laughs> it's next to Victorville. It's uh, it's in the high desert above um, San Bernardino, Palm Springs. Okay. Do you think I drove through it on my way to the desert? To Vegas, yeah. No, to Palm Desert. No, my no, place. You don't get that far. You have to go up the hill, right? Okay. If you're going to Vegas, you'd right, you'd go right through it. Got it. On 15. Okay. Hesperia, California. Beautiful area, I'm Great. guessing. Yeah. If you like it's high California, desert. So. Definitely have so when, six quarts When you go to uh, your desert place, that's not too far from there. Swing by. Yeah. Indio. He can uh, he can drop by. Yeah. Bring some Coors Lattes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe get around and golf it. There Whatever you, go. you want to do, Jordan. Right. Teach me how to push around some dirt. gravel and dirt. Yeah. You need to do some in your backyard, uh, or you no. good already? No, I I took out all the grass. It's just it's a it's a putting surface. Oh, it's a put, it really? So yeah, it's a fake putting green. Oh, it's actually sweet. it feels looks and it like a real green. Oh, well that's cool. Yeah, um, so a little oasis, <laughs> a little home away from home. For Got me. it. Um, and yes, Coors lattes go down really nice in the summer in the desert. I'm sure they would. Uh, yeah, want well, to appreciate um, all the nice comments that people were giving me about my back. Yeah, they, yeah, people want you to feel better. Chiropractors, the neurosomo therapy. I don't know what the hell that was. How is your back? It's awful. It's not getting better. It, no, I got foot drop, Al. Yeah, foot drop. Foot and then drop. finally, I got a good one. I don't know where it is. Andy's hiding it from me. From an actual physician. Those okay. I just talked to a regular doctor. Okay. 
because actually that is uh, on page 12 well we don't have enough time <laughs> just letting you know it <laughs> is there talk to your regular doctor joe there it is coming from an actual md all right joe described classic sciatica bottom line he's gonna need to go uh, need to get it properly evaluated which is which will entail seeing his primary care doctor getting some imaging done x-rays possible ct and or mri of his spine and possibly being referred to a spine specialist he she they can then prescribe the proper therapy based on accurate diagnosis i.e all back pains sciatic are not created equal different therapies for different diagnosis by the way i know you like your golf game to be compared to the long hitting pros dustin johnson etc but you really don't want to be comparing your back pain in glutes not firing to Tiger Woods. He has a seriously messed up back, undergoing five back surgeries, including a major lumbar spinal fusion. Hopefully, you have much more basic, easy, treatable case of back pain. So I took his advice. Yeah, you went to the doctor. Went to the doctor. Yeah, you got all those tests. And then he was like, oops. Yep, and I had to get an MRI. Got the MRI. Yep. Yep, and then I went to a spine specialist. Sure, yep. So yeah, right here, Dr. James. I'm, yeah. I'm listening to this guy. That sounds like good advice. And then, um, yeah, so I went to a pain guy and I went to um, a surgeon. Yeah. So I thought I would just go to the pain guy and get a shot, like sure. a steroid shot. Works for a week. <laughs> just be badass and ripped <laughs> so that I could really hit that golf ball far. Got it. I loved it. I was like, give me some more steroids right. legally. Right. Uh, yeah, that didn't work. I got okay. foot drop. I can't. The, the foot is dropped. It's it, there's the gotta, dropped foot is foot. Just dropped. gonna have to fix it. So yeah, I'm going under the knife. Um, doing a little um, ortho. Um, I played golf though on Sunday. You it did. can't get any worse. Yeah. Okay. So I'm just a little weak on the left side. No biggie. I'll still kick all your guys' butts on the <laughs> golf course. You think you can still out hit me? Oh yeah, without question. Okay. All right. Thanks everyone. We'll see you next week. Show's called Your Money Well.